0: So, welcome to the show, Steve. Steve Wynn, I pronounced that correctly. Uh, yeah, Steve Wynn. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So, Steve, you're a, a filmmaker, production staff based out of Philly. And um, I know we, we were just kind of briefly talking a second ago that we know Jared No, who I actually had on the podcast. Oh, I, th- uh, I think I about a month that. ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah and uh so you're in the philly area so i know we we must have run into each other on a couple of projects here and there but uh steve go ahead uh tell us a little bit about yourself what you do and what you've been up to
1: um what what i do is uh, i'm a production manager mainly as of now um i've been in the independent film scene for probably around 10 years i've worked on probably about 30 feature films um Budgets ranging from 100,000 to uh, 5 million. Um, Obviously, starting out, it was a a lot more, uh, a lot lower uh, budgets. Um, And, you know, hopefully in the future, I continue to be working on the bigger budget things. And who knows if, uh, you know, a Fast and Furious 20 gives me a call in the future. Um, But uh, yeah, just taking it day by day. And, um, you know, that's where I'm at. I kind of do around. Three to four future films a year, um, budget ranging um, between that. Um, I haven't done a hundred thousand dollar movie in a long time, but probably around like half a million to a couple million. Um, usually non union, non union crew, but obviously most of them are SAG films.
0: Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, um. Yeah, I, uh, I, I kind of. Lucked out recently and, and got into acting and, um, you know, did some acting on some semi well known crime shows, you know, all those crime shows on ID or mm-hmm. or PBS or what have you. So it's, your, your detective uh, number two. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, like, you, you know, they're easy to laugh at, but, you know, a lot of people watch these shows. So, oh, it's, yeah, no, no, no. So, it's, so, you know, it's, I mean, I don't I personally don't watch the shows except for the ones I'm in, obviously. But, um, you know, like, yeah, there's a lot of people watching those shows. But um, how would you say you've been impacted, you know, in the last four or five months, the current state of affairs?
1: I mean, it did shut down a production I was on. I was, uh, you know, we were gearing up for a feature shooting in um, end of March. At the same time i actually had another job offer to shoot something in connecticut for a couple weeks during that time but i chose to do um my own thing on a lower budget to have a little more control over but uh, they got to finish their filming just as pennsylvania started or all the other states started enacting the shutdown Mm -hmm. and i our shoot was basically our prep we had one more prep week but what looking at the trends and stuff, you know, me and the producer, we were like, listen, it looks like we're gonna shut down. So we need to decide now to kind of do it before we spend another week of prep and you start bringing in all the departments and everything and you can, that easily is, you know, another twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 on that size budget to be kind of lost, you know, yeah. and we, we chose to, you know, shut down as early as we did, you know, minimal losses. Um, I was kind of excited for the, a, li- a little, I'm sure all of us were kind of a little bit excited to at least kind of be home for a couple months. You know, I didn't foresee us being in this predicament this long. I mean, we've never, obviously we never lived through something like this. So, you know, we thought maybe another, another month if everybody kind of uh, works together, this will kind of die out and things will open back slowly and it just was every day i mean we're still kind of going through it now of where where are we what's next um i was fortunate enough uh three weeks ago to be on a a shoot um so that that's helped financially and also like gives you kind of a little bit of pride and stuff during this time you know um but yeah the couple months were kind of dead and it's Even the phone calls that you do get about movies, it's always kind of like, okay, we can talk about it, but until, you know, before you get a phone call, you're just kind of like, is the money in the bank? And then if the money's in the bank, it's for real. Now the phone calls come and it's like, is the money in the bank? And do you have a plan? Do you know the costs of the COVID things? Do you know the atmosphere? Are we gonna get shut down again? You know, you need to anticipate some sort of sick pay or sick leave yeah all sorts of stuff that for a producer i think it can be i mean i think it's manageable i think a lot of companies are doing it but i mean i mean we're looking at tight margins to begin with so to to just look at an extra 75 to a hundred thousand dollars for any production is that's movies are used to be made for that price you know yeah Um, you know with a bunch of friends or a really tiny crew I mean you can make a movie for that so I mean uh, that's that's something hard to kind of continue with and also with you know I'm getting scripts and I'm looking at them and they're like written pre-COVID you know people that are you know 20 people to a room and there's 30 at background and there's you know a supporting cast of 30 people and the magnitude of it all and, and like I'm um, you know 30 different locations it's just kind of like bizarre to even sometimes for me to see that script land you know on my desk quote unquote it's just it's just like well are you even considering hacking like I don't want to be the guy to
0: learn. yeah like red penciling you got a you got a red yeah. pencil like you know, half, yeah I don't want to be that guy to like shut everything down but it's I just- mean so like you know you have a you have a script and you have a writer and maybe <clears throat> Uh, some other producers that will are they willing to sacrifice waiting another year or two to shoot this Mm -hmm. the way that it was originally written or you can just start taking red pencil to paper red pen to paper and just say like
2: different different
0: room you know half the half the amount of characters different different location it's in it's in an office instead of like you know outside it's inside and stuff like that yeah I mean, we're already as an independent film kind of
1: already in a trend where we're being put in a position where as production staff and as production management, we're kind of the kind of like the um, I don't know the word, but maybe some sort of barrier for the crew in the sense that we're, we're just we're at the top of the below the line where we can we we can kind of like dictate or talk to the producers and like about you know the work hours and the work environments and all this stuff and we're, you know i mean our industry for a long time has been kind of talking about how you know not enough sleep long hours all this stuff and so you know and the producers are usually pretty optim they're almost too optimistic and not they're not evil in the sense that it's like well, it's just the bottom line and it's all about the money because I, well from my world it's the money is they have a lot of risk because most of the time it's not even sold. You know, they don't have a distribution in place. So they do have a million dollars invested or half a million. I mean, these are, you can buy a house, a bunch of houses with this, these numbers. So, mm-hmm. but they're, you know, they want to get the best possible product as possible. And then, you know, you you as production manager, a line producer, whoever has to be those people that help with either scheduling in a way or budgeting in a way that people can work in, a you know, have some fun or at least some sort of pride where, you know, normally people don't care about OT, you know, they don't care about overtime. They, they would, you know, what's an extra, you know, 30 bucks, you know, it's just they... They want to have. They want to feel like they can go home and do something, or like
2: yeah.
1: be able to eat their cooked meal as opposed to like stopping by McDonald's and then you know eating that. So then, with with this new environment, it's another obstacle and another um, kind of problem to almost bring up. If you know, if the producers are already kind of in that mentality, the writers and directors are like, you know, let's get this. Movie done, but then you look at how big it is, and then now with COVID, you're just looking at the amount of how big it is because you need to you need to test everybody, you need to contact trace everyone. It's like how mm-hmm. you can't manage that; it almost gets too big to manage, um, and it's already that, hard enough to make a movie. So, uh, yeah, that's where we are. It's kind of tough, you know. It, it, it's tough to. You know, you want to make money and I'm sure everyone's in a position to, you know, feels like we're starting over again where you weigh those like, am I just going to like deal with hell for a couple months and make some money or do I have to kind of stand up and kind of put some, uh, you know, just kind of let them know like this is what it is, this is what needs to be done or you need to find somebody else. So,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, and I, it's—I mean, it's—it's it's tricky, especially now. But yeah, it's a—it's a tricky balance. Even before COVID, it was always a tricky balance. It was, you know, uh, and I've—I've I've mentioned, you know, situations like this on on my show before, where you know you're you're pinching pennies, you're trying to milk, you know, every dollar out of out of a nickel when it comes to, yeah. you know, a production budget, and uh, you know there was, and there's this fam- there's this famous debate that I, I always reference where somebody wrote. A flag football game um it was a flag football game with hundreds of people uh, hundreds of it, it was between like a, like the fbi and the marines you know at quantico and they're you know they're having a flag football game and they're competitive and the whole the whole moral the whole point of this the, the scene was to show how tough this this female fbi agent is she clocks this marine in the face during the flag football you know, hundreds of the, the spectators, you know, like 100 other Marines watching, 100 other feds watching. They all like storm the field. It's a big melee. And I said, dude, we could cut this down to an indoor basketball, indoor basketball game. Uh, you know, 20 people, you know, in the stands like, you know, the and, and the basketball, the the basketball court at the at Quantico's gym. You know what I mean? Okay. It doesn't have to be like a big court or anything and and that would leave us that that would cut it down but now not only do you have to rethink structurally you know your scenes for budget reasons you also gotta we're also gotta factoring in how many people are on set how many how many crew and cast do we need on set because of covid because of social distancing because of having a freaking you know incubator in there with the virus, and it's like okay, we got to re- completely restructure our shooting schedule, our, our budget, um, you know, our scene breakdowns. We have to do complete rewrites right. to accommodate for the size of cast and crew that we can accommodate now. And it's yeah. tricky. Yeah. It, it,
1: yeah, and these these like, uh, you know, uh, if you can get the producers on your side, it's a great thing. But you know, a director, he's has to be the most creative person that's almost being hired on the entire show. Mm-hmm. Obviously, art department is really creative too, but they are the director of the creative vision, right? And so sometimes it, for the it, like, irks me to kind of think that you know when you put give them a problem or an obstacle, it's like, can you solve it creatively? Like I'm, you know, this this idea of like, well, I can't see it any other way, or or you know, it is what it is. It's like it's not. It is what it is. It's like, dude, you're the create. You're the creative person. You know, yeah. like, think of another way. And yeah. you know, if you look at the masters of cinema, right? I mean, I feel like sometimes they learn from like those bad anecdotes of like Kubrick or something who does like a hundred takes or it is my way or the highway. But if you look, for the most part, a lot of these directors go through obstacles and they create something different, and it turns out better. Yeah. I'm not saying it's going to happen every time, but in a way, you know, I wish the producers could back me up in this sometimes, but it's like, you're getting paid also to be creative in that sense. Right. Like if something yeah. doesn't
0: work or can't work, think of another way. You know it, what I mean? Like, it's your job to yeah. come up. It's your job to come up with a, with a different way of doing this. Uh, said and, and,
1: about that scene. Like, it's like, yeah. did it lose anything? It's, it, it's, If it's a matter of action for a scene right you can why don't you just make that instead of an event it becomes this smaller show and it's just let's film this in a way that's pretty badass and let's make Mm -hmm. it really action-packed as opposed to showing oh i need an arena full of people and all this you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. let's let's just focus on the action then and you could have made a badass scene like that's the kind of creativity you want out of them
0: yeah and and the first thing you know what what, would touch upon your the point you were making is the first thing that comes to my mind was spielberg with jaws yeah you know he couldn't stand the freaking shark so he got rid of the shark throughout he got rid of the shark throughout the first you know two out two hours of the movie and he made it you know he made ambiance he made he made suspense through not knowing what's out there through not seeing it yeah and that's and, and that's why jaws was even more horrifying than if it was like if it was like Sharknado or the Meg or the Megalodon or whatever, where well, you see it all the time, you know, um, another one is uh, what was it? Um, the, the, the the Godzilla movie that came out, I think, in 2013 or 14 or 15 or something. And every time Godzilla was about to fight one of those other Titans, yeah, they would shut the hatch door. The camera would the, the camera would pull away and you're like what the heck? and 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 like big fans want to see like that big monster against monster fight and it's kind of like that spielberg way where they didn't have to do a bunch of cgi on 17 different monster fights in godzilla they did right. one major major fight just like with jaws they made, did one major scene at the very end of the movie where the shark where jaws was like eating up the whole half the ship and like you know it was even climbing up on the ship but the, for the whole first hour and a half of the movie, you never saw the shark. And because apparently they were having just a nightmare of a time dealing with the uh, the mechanical shark.
2: Yeah.
0: So he was like, scrap it, go it's fix it, yeah. scrap it. All right, scrap the shark for the day. Go fix it, figure it out, try to make it waterproof. I know it will shoot. I know it will shoot instead today. And he shot everything but the shark that day. Yeah. Which created a more horrifying movie. So like, and so like what, with your point and with my point, it's like you're not losing the threat of the shark. You're not losing the existence of the shark. It's just say, you know, instead of it being you're, you're still seeing how tough like this FBI girl is that punches this Marine, whether it's a basketball game or whether it's a flag football game, whether it's in an indoor gym or an outdoor field. Right. You know, it's it's all the same. You're getting the same character. Uh, realization or anecdote. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I mean,
1: that's what, I mean, we would hope, I mean, sometimes these directors and creatives, they, you know, have a way of getting to their position and, um, you know, but they should feel really lucky, but they also should do their part and to, you know, and I don't want to be in a position to say, well, do it different way, because I want to save $50,000. You know, if it makes sense, it makes sense. I just need to let you know You know, even I first AD'd, you know, you kind of throw in some some solutions. It's like, well, can we live, if you look in the edit, do we really need this shot because it's going to cost us 30 minutes? Mm -hmm. You know, and sometimes they're like, well, I need it. I don't, you know, sometimes they're like, I just don't know what's going to happen in the edit. Sometimes the director's like, well, you know, you're right. Let's just pick up, you know, whatever, their hand, you know, from maybe this, you know, dialogue, you know, scene instead of the whole scene. coverage yeah those are the things that you know i mean we are a team we want to make it work there's nobody in production that like i just don't like as a person i just don't think about just the money i I want it i mean if the movie does well it makes me look good right like i don't want it to just because i got it under budget like it's not my point my point is like sometimes like is that worth fifty thousand dollars and can that go somewhere else Mm -hmm. you know that's a you know if You know, some, you know, as simple as, you know, when before pre-COVID, something with, you know, a scene with a lot of extras, you know, on screen, if you lose 10 people, like, it depends on the environment. Like, a bar can look kind of packed if it's only 10 people. Mm -hmm. You know, and it all depends on, like, what you want out of the scene. So, you know, like, on... You know, we're in reality, so we of course we think, oh well, I want this bar packed, and it's you know 30, 50 people. But the camera doesn't show the entire room. You know, right. you see a lot, you see movement. It looks busy. You add sound. It's uh, it, you hear chatter and some glasses clanking. It's it, it's the environment, right? You just created it. I mean, that's, I mean, we used to call it movie magic, and I mean, I wish we had a little more movie magic creativity
0: and and again i think that is where you know we always find new innovations we, we find a way to persevere innovate you know adjust readjust aim re-aim readjust and refire and and like every every time this country gets hit with a hiccup you know we, we always get back uh sh- I wish I could. I wish I had a list of just all these different inventions and innovations and inventions and new discoveries just from, um, you know, adversity, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, just I mean, the Great War, you know, World War One and the Depression and World War Two and and the Spanish flu, you know, I think during or before World War One, I mean, all these things have, you know, caused us to kick it into overdrive and come up with new and better and 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 greater things and this is going to do the same i mean there's a lot of headbutting now there's a lot of bad and misinformation bad information there's a lot of crazies out there saying this doesn't exist that doesn't exist and that's to be expected because i'm sure even then there was a lot of idiots doing that then but uh you know at the end of the day you know facts are facts you know, numbers keep rising, so, you know, we get smarter, you know, we get hipper, we get faster, stronger, and, and then the tools. And uh, even, even uh, you know, at the start of this, I think back in, like, April or May, so, uh, somebody on my show said, we've advanced 10 years in 10 weeks, you know? And it's like, you know, we've almost advanced 20 years in 20 weeks. Um, you know, tech, I mean, you and I were just having a conversation whether we're going to use Zoom or Google Meet. Right. I never heard I never heard of those things, you know, a month ago. I was like, well, Google Hangouts, but I don't know how to take Google Hangouts and put it through a streaming platform. And it took me about 24 hours when some other colleagues and myself, we sat down and, and we figured, and, and we started looking into taking the virtual conferences and, and plugging Zoom into, you know, different decks. And it only took us 24 hours. Like we kicked it into overdrive.
2: Right.
0: And we took, we took, a, we took, a lot from what other people were doing in the last week or two. And we kind of like came up with some of our own ideas.
1: Sorry. Did you have this, um, uh, podcast before the pandemic
0: or. Well, me and some colleagues tried a podcast similar to this about a year ago and, uh, you know, nothing really came, came of it, but, but now, you know, during the pandemic, since everything is telework and work from home, this is pretty much, you know, this and a couple other things. This is it. So,
1: And the zoom, the zoom thing almost created a infrastructure for
0: it. And yeah, uh, it really did. It really did. And, and like, you know, like I said, just ad, adversity, adversity, adversity. It just continues to create perseverance. Yeah. Adversity creates perseverance. And I, and I had, I had a long discussion with a family member, And it was one of those, you know, God conversations. Is there a God? Why does, why would God test us? Why would God, you know, kill so many people in Beirut? Beirut? Why would God, uh, you know, kill so many people with this virus? Why would God give cancer to kids? And, you know, I don't want to get too philosophical, get too deep, you know, within just, you know, you know, just the other, just the rest of this hour that we have, but, you know, there was a lot of back and forth with that. And and you know, you know, to each his own for their personal beliefs and what and what have you. But you know, it's to but so I just I wholeheartedly believe in the whole testing, you know, God's testing to to kind of uh strengthen, you know, the the whole argument God gave us free will and uh uh you know, to test us, to strengthen us. For our experiences, and then pass that on. And so, when these things happen, it's like we learn from it, and it's not that we can't take advantage of it. I think there's a lot of people out there with the wrong agendas taking advantage of it, but going away from the whole philosophical, religious, you know, much bigger discussion from a much bigger day. But you know, it, it comes down to filmmaking, man. Like, somebody decided to come up, somebody decided to invent a study cam, I think, on The Shining. The Shining was the first. Film to use the cam, I think. Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But somebody decided, like, man, these shots. Working with Kubrick is rough. Working with Kubrick is rough. I gotta come. I gotta invent I something. Can't
1: hold, I can't hold the camera steady.
0: Enough. I, I can't hold this camera for for a hundred takes with this guy. We
1: can't, we can't do this uh, dolly uh, dolly shot for over
0: and over. Oh, you know what? I you know what? I have a good idea. How about I just strap it, and just I can just walk back, do it again. Just walk back, do it again. Boom! Steadicam invented because Kubrick was driving his DP nuts. That's probably what happened.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, uh, before my thought disappears, I think I want to go back to you know uh, persevering and mm-hmm. obstacles and new ideas coming out of things. Um, uh, I think you know I think we lost for the past forty years or so. I think humanity has kind of lost that idea of suffering and i know that buddhist thing mm-hmm. of like life is suffering
2: mm-hmm.
1: i think it's the idea that you need to it embrace it it's not like you celebrate it i think it's something that everyone's so scared of dealing with and that you know everything's all about happiness and happiness but it's like how about satisfaction how about pride how about you know all these things that when you add it up, it leads to happiness, but happiness is just an emotion of the day, right? It's like, mm-hmm. it doesn't stay with you, but, you know, even if you're sad, but if you can feel like you've accomplished something like that goes a long way, you know, where, you know, that's why I think everyone's you know, really depressed and uh, you know, this idea of like hiding your emotions. And that, I mean, we're seeing like the floodgates open now. I mean, everyone's emotional and stuff. I mean, we've been told to kind of hold it in and it's all about happiness and people are like, why am I not happy? And it's like, well, it's not about happiness. You know, I think the narrative needs to be taken away and, you know, and now we have, you know, less religion. So people are grasping for identity and all this. And I think everyone's kind of lost and um, you know, they're looking for, you know, justice in certain ways or causes and you know you hear somebody who speaks well you follow them because you know it's not the church anymore right it's not your religious institution so in a way like these other institutions are popping up replacing because we are we are social beings and we need to be in social settings we need to have some sort of social structure and it's good to have some leaders and followers and you know, this is why you know BLM I've got to I mean it was a long due kind of thing because everyone's always pounding at the door and the door finally got broken open but mm mm-hmm. um, yeah and uh, you know going back to innovation too yeah I mean you're seeing have you seen the Mandalorian
0: yeah so
1: oh, yeah. did you see the behind the scenes of how they did that and how they weren't on location they used LED screens. No, and I, I some no. for some episodes they were on locations because they really needed some of the sets. But they were using—it's not green screen. It's not you know it, these were LED screens and live you know in person you know project like images. So like if he's out in the desert setting, right? That's that's just a screen. He's not. They didn't. The crew didn't go out to the desert. Yeah. You know like that really interests me in the sense that you don't need these vistas grand vistas anymore travel 100 150 crew anywhere and it's not like you're gonna i mean there is something about being there of course but if it's something as simple as you know uh, i mean it's something the actor can see like in real time i mean Mm -hmm. these are i think the the computers are Run by like gaming engines. I don't know the real specifics. Of yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They, I think it's. I think they, it's the Unreal. Yeah, the Unreal engines. Mm-hmm. But like you know, the camera moves, the background moves a little. The focus, mm-hmm. the focus on the camera, it focus. You know, creates a different depth of field in the background. So I mean, that idea during COVID. I mean, it, this was pre-COVID, obviously, but the the more studios that are opening. Possibly, probably investing in this, I think, I think it would be better even for a uh, you know our trend of movie productions. I mean, you're looking at fucking huge ass budgets or like tiny, you know, uh, half a million dollar films or million dollar films. So to save money and almost make a ten million dollar movie for a million dollars, look, you know, I think, I think as everyone's clamoring for more content, and honestly. Our industry is competing against um, YouTube and yeah content creators mm-hmm. they make their budgets are nothing it's just them yeah I mean I'm an audience member like I'm in the industry and I don't even watch movies because I'm just let me watch tiny home living on YouTube you know what I mean mm-hmm. and yeah and if there's something about their authenticity that is is attractive, whereas you know sometimes it's something that's so packaged it's on HGTV or like you know it's too much. Like it's just, it just just feels inauthentic.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, and and to touch upon you know these LED screens like you mentioned, and you know Gone with the Wind, they weren't out on location. Most of the times they were in a in a lot in a studio with hand painted yeah backgrounds of that of that southern plantation of uh, of the house on fire. And, and you know, they got it. They did like they did a little bit of half screen with a flame behind it. So it looks like the flames burning. And then the other half was a solid painting. And they and they came up with some slick tricks. And then we came up a green screen. Oh, this is easier. Well, it's kind of easier on the front end. But now it's like, you know, rendering, rendering, rendering and, and exporting, exporting and touching up and and, and keyframe, keyframe, keyframe on the back end. And it's just a f- it's like millions of dollars on the back end green screen. Now, here you are with these huge LEDs. So now you're kind of putting more money into the set again, like they did with Gone with the Wind, yeah. and it's kind of finding that fine balance where well now you have like these LEDs just built set in and you have a code and it's a live code. So now you're getting a little bit more often authentic performance from the actors. Because you know everybody, every, everybody dumps on the prequel trilogy of Star Wars, but you could tell that they weren't truly. It wasn't truly as authentic authentic performance in the prequel trilogy as it was. You know, Mark Hamill and uh, older Obi Wan. Oh man, Alec Guinness actually sitting out there on a rock in the desert, right? Talking, shoot, shooting the shit on a rock sitting on a yeah. sitting on a cliff in a real desert with their with, you there's,
1: know with... it's realistic like you're saying like when you're when you talk to somebody you look you don't look at them totally all the time like right? you might kind of look off a little bit look at the sun's maybe a little too shiny or you know something catches your eye like it's a natural thing so you can see it it's like not consciously as a viewer but you know there's an environment there that the and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, as a movie guy, I mean, I would love to go back to more uh, practical effects and practical filmmaking. Um, I think, I think we are 20 some years of CGI and it has not made our cinema experience any better. I don't think, I, I mean, you know, these big blockbusters, sure, they're making a lot of money, but I don't. There's something about you know those older movies that you know it, there's a lot of fun, there's a lot of magic to it, like we're just having there's no magic anymore. It's just like, well, let's just do it in post, let's just do the v f x you know and yeah. and you almost need to work with what you got and it's it, I like using c g i to like enhance something, but to create a whole world with it, it doesn't feel real and it sure. I mean, I mean, those Marvel films are great, but you know, there is something lacking in there. And you just wonder as a, I mean, I think you pay the money so you can churn out the product a lot quicker, but can you imagine the, how epic these films could be if they're practical, right? You know, you look at Saving Private Ryan, right? Mm -hmm. And just imagine how visceral that felt. And if they did that, practically with Endgame, do you know what i mean how insane and how like you would be like i mean the movie was already holy sh- kind of a holy shit, but yeah there's a fakeness to it that you felt too you know mm-hmm. um yeah i mean there's something you can't you can't create um post wise and i mean the the led screens are Kind of neat, cause at least you know that they're interacting with that like in real time, as opposed to. That's why it was surprising to see a uh, behind the scenes of Mandalorian. That oh wow, it, it was done so well, um, and you just couldn't tell. Um,
0: yeah, but- and 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 yeah, you raise a good point. You know, pre- the 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 films I grew up with. The first thing that comes to mind is Predator, and you got a team of you know seven spec op guys mm-hmm. that land out in the middle of jungle forest somewhere. But the, the predator, the alien, the alien uh, hunter predator yeah. was a real guy, you know, a big ass dude in a suit in this crazy ass latex alien bodied suit. And it was trial and error. I think Van Damme played the first one and it was a, it was awful costume. And so he had, to, he had to be let go. I think, you know, Van Damme's first gig was playing the creature oh, on, that, on that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a totally different creature It had like a really long like kind of like snake or dinosaur kind of head and he fainted. They had to take him to the hospital and he had to like, you know, go to the hospital for heat, heat stroke or in, and dehydration or whatever. So they put they put another guy in that in the totally different suit, which is what we now know is the predator. And he was fucking walking around in the same forest as Schwarzenegger and his team and Carl And, uh, you know, Dylan and uh, uh, man, what's his name? Dutch, Dutch, Dylan and Dutch, you know, and 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 their whole their whole team. Now there was that one scene. And then, you know, you, you so like Predator can give you some ideas of how to pull off a story with fewer characters. There was that one scene where they had they went into that uh the Colombian cartel camp or there were rebels or or something like that. And there might have been like 20, 30, 40 rebels there. They're all explosions, gunshots, whatever. But then as the film progressed, it was just the spec ops team in the woods. They lost it, one guy then they lost, guy, then they lost another 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 guy, got down to Schwarzenegger. And it's like finding ways. I mean, that do A.D.ing that had had probably had to be one of the, the best gigs. If I was that AD, I would be like, oh, I love it. Because the well, second th- there's no way we can't make our days. There's no way we can't make our days. with just the pre- for the second half of the movie, just the Predator and Schwarzenegger. There's no way we can't make our days. <laughs> you know I, what I mean? I mean?
1: Well, well, the, it all depends on how you schedule, right? So, yeah, uh, yeah. Sometimes, you know, when you have some producers that schedule things and they say, "Well, so and so walking through the woods," and then you add a bunch of other scenes, and it's like, you know, this person walking through the woods can take half a day or all day. Yep. You know, I mean? <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's one of those kind of things where uh, you know everyone focuses on the dialogue, but you know the page count, but. You know, if I had a scene where two people, it says uh, Glenn and Steve fight, like fist fight. That could be on paper. Okay, let's do this in 15 minutes on paper. But that could be all day. All day. Right? So, yeah, yeah, and I I mean, going back to the Predator thing, I mean, it's because there was CGI hasn't captured like the weight of things. So, you know, something as innocent as like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right? As a kid. You're like, wow, that's real, you know.
0: It's another. That's another adult, great like, example. That's a
1: puppet. But at the same time, even as adult, you watch it, it feels still kind of real, right? There's a magic, and that's why Disney World is kind of great to go to. Like, when you see yeah. costumes, you know there's people inside there, but there, there's a, there's a weight to the way they walk. They, it's a real thing, whether mm-hmm. they're pretending or not. You know, where CGIs, uh, it's not like, it's totally like nothing there's nothing there so i think humans are attracted to other human type of like creations i think subconsciously Mm -hmm. why uh you know with the with our future with the you know losing jobs to robots i think for now filmmaking is okay you know i think you know nobody's gonna be right like no robot's gonna be writing the next script i think they'll try but human touch needs to be still part of it and i think we are always attracted to um, people doing stuff together and making something, right? Like that's why craftsmanship, like we had a like the past 10 years of craftsmanship, right? You know, oh yeah, this was handmade. This was a carpenter did the molding himself. Like it wasn't factory made. Like so there's something about like, there's a, you know a small group of people, but there was a trend where it's just really cool to see Artisans and skillsmen and craftsmen like doing what they do best and you know, because I had that human creative touch, you know, to it. Yeah, Um, yeah, so I mean, I hope hope that's where I don't think we'll end up being there. I think uh, maybe Hollywood will crash and burn. uh, And but, you know, you just hope a billionaire is going to just like the 70s or somebody who has a lot of money uh, to just invest and just, hey, Ten filmmakers I pick just make some, just make some great films. I don't care. Everybody has a budget of a million bucks. Just make some good movies, and hopefully you'll get some more Tarantino's and Scorsese's and you know other people that come from that crop. You know?
0: Yeah, and 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 you know, like you said, Hollywood probably won't you know crumble and burn. But hey, look, Marvel Studios is not in L.A. or New York. It's in Atlanta. AMC is out in Albuquerque. Shooting everything out there in Albuquerque, if not Georgia. Right. Um, and I think Louisiana's blown up with a lot of productions as well. A lot.
1: And yeah. And I think, yeah, it's a tax credit. And I think, yeah. Again, kind of unfortunate thing about the industry chasing tax credits. Um, there is something to an authentic location for mm-hmm. these movies, right? Like, I mean, I, it's not like I don't care about Atlanta, but when you start seeing a lot more movies, it's like, oh, this is Atlanta, and everything takes place. It's like it loses the incentive to say, like, let, let me make a Chicago story, let me make a, you know, a Montana yeah. story. It's always like, you know, I, I guess it felt like the rest of the world when it used to be just New York and LA movies,
2: mm-hmm. but
1: there was a little bit more of a openness to go to actual locations and shoot there instead of being like, well, let's, let's shoot in Canada for Philadelphia because Canada has a tax credit there. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think a history of violence did that or they went to Philadelphia, but they never really shot anything in Philadelphia. Right. Um,
0: right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So who, yeah. I mean, and then we have the whole, um, kind of social justice kind of narratives that are coming out and it's very important. um, But I think there is an inauthentic thing when it feels forced, just like, I don't want to compare to CGI, but um, you know, if it's not a natural, you know, it's very easy to be like, Hey, that's a guy, make it a woman. Oh, that's a white man. Make it a black guy. You know, it's, it's like, you know, it feels, I think there should be a push anyway. I mean, there's really no Asian Asian actors, you know, um, especially male actors that are kind of there. But it, I mean, it's more about the powers that be that kind of let these scripts kind of come to fruition instead of investing. And, you know, I think you should push for it. I think it shouldn't be forced. It's like, well, just like how I was talking about like people like me who kind of fight or at least let production know about work hours and safety and certain things, I think there needs to be a level of, uh, uh, what's the word, like wisdom or something, where they're kind of acknowledged, I guess, producers, like, you know, to the writers, like, listen, I think this can be any race, right? You know, instead of like this building of a formula, you know, you know you hear people of color always kind of auditioning for oh, it says white guy but i'm going to audition anyway and sometimes they get it because yeah. you don't think right you don't think about it and i think especially a sci-fi movie it can be like any
0: race it could oh. be anybody yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but i uh, i mean yes and no i i i get what you're saying you know somebody criticized i want to say about six months Seven months ago, somebody criticized to me these commercials that are really pushing um, LGBT environments into the commercials, you know? And they said, Do you know, no, uh, uh, huh? Do
1: you know what commercials they were?
0: I think that, like some of them were makeup and some of them were.
1: Oh, it's like, there's like Levi jeans and like, yeah,
0: well, when it, I think it was Levi jeans. Yeah. 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 And I think it was like some clothes, yeah. Clothing and makeup. And I think there was uh, shit. I think there was like a travel thing and you, you see like a huge, like in the last year or two, you've seen a lot of different kind of relationships. There's a lot of like interracial relationships, same sex relationships, uh, non-binary transgender, uh, Uh, subjects in this commercials and someone said like it's oh man like they're really trying to push it they're really trying to force it now and i'm like are you even watching the commercials yeah who the fuck watches commercials why do you care you know what i'm saying like it doesn't bother me like uh yeah
1: that definitely doesn't bother
0: me you know what i'm saying like uh and and so but but i kind of get what you're saying to where like you know you know, this cares. It
1: was more about, the, I guess, it was more about like the big Hollywood ones. Um, you know, like the idea that you're just, well, uh, Ghostbusters. Let's do a remake, and then it was, you know, it's obviously there's comedic women, but I don't know what was in the writers' room where. Yeah. It was like, well, let's just make it women instead of men. and And then
0: then and then the and then the ditzy man uh assistant chris uh uh, chris hemsworth as the assistant
1: it's like subverting the expectations and sometimes it's like it can work but maybe it's one of those things that they tried and it just didn't work and it's not about social justice at all maybe i'm maybe i'm phrasing wrong but it maybe i'm falling victim to the news cycle right where they bring this shit up and i just eat it like it's almost like when somebody says hey the new james bond is going to be a black guy and you're just like okay and like, so, and, and so oh, I'm, the- I'm probably falling victim to this quote unquote race baiting of kind of things that come in and you're just like what why is this news and then why is it you know maybe i wouldn't think of it anyway i mean i probably wouldn't if without, I guess, commentary, I might not really care. I probably wouldn't see it if it didn't look good. I mean, all, I guess on the merit of is it a good movie or not? I'll go see it. Yeah, it's not about sexism. Yeah. I mean, we love Alien, right? I mean, I mean, it's dude, Alien bro- alien, alien. Yeah, just female. It had nothing nope. to do with anything. I, I think, I think if it feels organic, and I think if it felt like from the start it was something, I, I guess it's more about remakes and franchises, and I think it's about. Hollywood kind of breaking some sort of legacy, which I think can be noble, but honestly, I think, I think it's the crew. I mean, fine. On paper, everything looks, I mean, we, I've on screen, I feel like women are represented fine. I think, um, African-Americans are, I think really behind the scenes, it's not a lot of representation at all. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of hypocr- hypocritical things. Um, You know, all these people that kind of post these, you know, things about equal, you know, having more representation and all that. But, you know, sometimes behind the scenes, I don't see that. And, you know, you can have an actress that comes on set and her rider or an actor um, come on and have a rider that's like vegan only. I don't want, you know, any sort of animal product on set. But how about having a rider that says like, Uh, I at least like to see like an effort by production to have people of color or a diverse, you know, I mean, you don't have to hit a quota, but like, can we like try? Because I feel like sometimes people just, and, and it's not like it's like a white supremacy thing. I think sometimes it's just a, that's your network, right? Who do I know to be in, to be this PA? Who do I know to be that? And so if your network is always kind of, White, the effort to like reach out to strangers is a lot more time consuming, but I think it needs to be done. And also we have a legacy of like um, kind of people that almost don't deserve to be in film are in film because they have the money to support themselves to stay in film and to to be there. Um, Yeah, I mean... I'm sure I don't really have a point to all that, but it's just like one of those things where it's like, how do we get here? How do we get here?
0: Um, no, I, but, but I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a fine balance. It's a tricky balance. Listen, I'm sure, you know, deep down, I want different things than you do. You know what I'm saying? I want to be the star yeah. of all the, I want, to be the I, want to, I want to be the writer. I want to be the director and the actor. I want every character, I want to have the leading role. Yeah. And I'm a white male. And, I, and, and listen, I want the leading role. And I'm sure you probably want something totally different. And, you know, every, so it's not only, you know, there's this fine balance between like what the community needs and there needs to be this general, yeah, I believe in, you know, the equality for all, obviously, of course, but every single individual person has an agenda. Yeah. And let's be honest, every single, every single person is a human being and every single human being is selfish, down to their core, everybody's selfish, and yeah. there's no de- there's no denying that. And so, but if you were to, if you were to ask me, freaking you know, Captain Marvel's a female. I don't care. Captain Marvel's a fake. That's a fake character. It's a fictitious character. Oh, but but you know they change ca- and, and 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 now Jane Foster's going to be Thor. Oh, uh, female Thor. I don't care. Thor's a fake character. Oh, but they're going to make Superman black and James Bond black. Uh, they don't exist. I don't care. They're fake characters. I mean, uh, to me. Yeah. And which 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 kind of huh? I said, you're making a point, you know, I mean, which contradicts another point I did make, because to (laughs) me, in a way, Batman and Superman do exist. I've grown up with them. I've loved them. There's so much, you know, content does is Star Wars real. Does that exist? Yeah. In a way it does, you know, in this and which is the beauty of filmmaking filmmaking. If and and I've and I've brought this up on my show a number of times, if there was such thing as real magic in this world, it's filmmaking, it's storytelling, it's writing, it's uh, film and TV, it's art, it's CGI, it's computer animation. That is and, and, and music that is real world magic that we have. Right. And so. You know, I always get in disputes with other people like, oh, you always like these Marvel movies and fictional Star Wars sci fi things. And I just I just want to watch, you know, Lifetime movies (laughs) like my wife or I just want to watch, you know, movies that are just, you know, love stories like, you know, marriage. What what was it? Marriage story or, you know, true life films. I'm like, true life films are great. Documentaries are great. You know, the simple rom coms and dramedies, they are great. But the true gift that filmmaking gives us is Star Wars and Marvel and DC and uh, and, you know, uh, Predators and Terminators and, and and, you know, Jason's and Freddy's and all those things. That's the true magic of filmmaking, you know, you know, a battle, the dream warriors taking on Freddy Krueger in a dream world. That's the beauty of the magic of filmmaking. So. Leading back to, like, at the same time, I don't care if they make Superman black or I guess we're all the, they, kind of hypocrites in a way <laughs> but, but 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 see you know like James Bond exists to me yeah. but I don't care if he's but but am I going to be like truly offended is my world going right. to be shattered because they make Superman or James Bond black no he's fake no. now no. if they make a movie where Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr are white and JFK and FDR are black that's kind of ina- inaccurate because the whole point of what they accomplished in life was Mal- Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr. were black. And that is, you know, that was the basis of what they were trying to change in the world because, it's, because they're, 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 uh, they're historical figures. They're, they're real people that did extraordinary things. JFK and, and uh, I don't know, J- JFK and, uh, you know, FDR, was FDR for uh, uh, Ike? Uh, uh, Johnson? well ike um eisenhower Ike for uh during world war ii and oh, uh and you know like all the and churchill you know you're not gonna these these characters i don't think should be portrayed by anybody other than accurately you know actual a- accurate actual race h- height age gender you know uh I mean, I mean, you know, play, somebody playing Billie Jean King, if it was a guy playing Billie Jean King, that defeats the purpose of what Billie Jean King, the tennis player, was fighting for as a woman to, to, to eventually, you know, come out of the closet and come out as a lesbian and to, be, to get paid more as a female uh, tennis player and so on and so forth. I mean...
1: I think what it is is, like, I think you have, like, an emotional attachment to something. Yeah. I think yep. that... And I don't think it's sexist or racist to feel that I think it could be any anything where you kind of like reinvent something or like try to take something in a different direction of course there's going to be a little bit of pushback yeah i think sometimes it's just we can question why they would do that instead of you know i remember when even as simple as daniel craig being james bond and everyone was like oh my god the dude's ugly or whatever it was you oh, know, he's, he's blonde Yeah. And it was like, okay. And you know, it's almost like without the race thing, like, you know, every time somebody does like when there's a change of something you're going to get, this was, was the internet even around really? But you know, people were just like, what the heck? And then they, what they did was they made him badass. They made it almost in reality, James Bond. He
0: could actually fight.
1: (laughs) And so I'm not against any of that. I think any reboot is great. I think if they do a new spin on it, and you can really like the characters, I think it can work. I think what happens is they create a, you know, let's find a new direction, but then without that, what makes a movie good kind of thing is kind of left out, you know? I mean, the Ghostbusters could have been a great, funny film. Obviously it had all everybody that you liked bridesmaids on, you know, and, and there's funny people in it, but then it just felt like, I didn't even watch it, but you know, you can tell that just the trailer was not there. Um, if they make James Bond, uh, James Bond black, you know, cool, and hopefully they'll put him in him in a different kind of new, new tape, but in a really interesting way. Um,
0: yeah, well, I, I think- Nothing against with,
1: you know, Ariel and the Little Mermaid being black, and here's another fictitious person, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, I, like, yeah, with and with that, I don't care. I mean, I know her big deal, and you know, Ariel is my wife's favorite Disney princess. If you want, to, I guess she's, I guess she technically is a princess, but uh, because my wife's red, my wife's a ginger, my, my wife's redheaded, oh. and so she, of course she loves Ariel, the redhead. And now Ariel's not gonna be redheaded anymore. But uh, but you know, so I mean, I kind of get that. But that leads me back to like inherently, human beings are selfish. You have this tie, you know, to a certain character, a certain universe, a certain ideology, which may not have been, you know, some people, yes, have been tied to uh, racist ideologies. And that's why when Barack Obama became president, a lot of people lost their shit because for years, not only were they from inherently racist families and just institutionally racist environments, but now this country has a black president, and. Not only is there inherent selfishness and their inherent. I, you know, for lack of a better words, just inherent selfishness, human beings are inherently selfish, and that is something that needs to be clicked off. And that goes into like our production. you got write a writer director that will not budge on his script will not budge on a script. I'm like, "Bro, it's not going to happen." And I've had a director I've had one director fire me as an AD. I had another director uh, write an awful email to a number of the crew and accused me of directing his whole film. I'm like, "Dude, listen. At the end of the day, who's going to get the writer director credits?" Yeah. I'm all, all I'm getting is all I'm going to be getting is a producer credit and a first AD credit. You're going to get writer director credits. Let your team help you. You know what I'm saying? Bro. Everything that I'm doing as a, everything I'm doing is an AD right now. You're still getting your story told. You're still developing your characters the same exact way. We are running the fuck out of time. Right. If you want this fight scene and this stunt to happen the way you, uh, at all, Chop, 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 chop. Simple, simple. Shoot, 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 shoot. Done. Wrapped.
1: Uh, uh, First AD kind of put this in perspective once. And I was like, I was like, you're going to make your day tomorrow. And he's like, you know what, Steve, I've shot that scene a thousand times. And he's like, we're going to get it done. And I was like, you know what? Like it put everything in perspective. It was like, we've, you can only shoot something so many ways. And, yeah. you know, like you said, like about how you're, you know, you're telling, you're giving advice and you're running things a certain way, but these directors or whoever it is, they might have pushbacks, like, listen, you might only work once a year or once every couple of years, or this might be your first film, but trust me, you know, like I work on three or four of these things and maybe tiny stuff in between, like, your shit is not gold, you know what I mean? Like just get this scene done. I know like when, I'll let you know when something's cool and I'll allow you to have that cool thing, but spending an extra hour on this perfect take when it could end up on the cutting room floor is something where it's just like that, that practicality because of how not, they just don't have the experience to understand that. And then the like, you know, if they look back and somebody was like, listen, remember this day Oh, I shouldn't have spent the time on that. I should have I should have spent more time on, um, you know, the the fight scene or something instead of me just getting the perfect uh, line delivery at that point. And we had to move on and we lost the day or something like that. I've, and,
0: and, and to touch upon, you know, your A.D., I've seen it maybe a hundred times that one shot that you just mentioned, they want to spend all day. It's going to get fucking cut up anyway. Yeah, you're going to, you're going to splice it. You're going to splice it. This does not need to be a one single camera take, man. I'm telling you, you're going to splice this up anyway. Editing wise, you're probably not even going to, you're probably not even going to fucking use it, man. So, you know, let's come on. And, but you're right. It's like, uh, well, the point I was, uh, the point I was going to follow up with is what's more important. Uh, you know, um, the leads ego, the writer director's ego, the writer director's, you know, precious little baby of a, of a script staying uh, exactly the way it is or or what's more important, the film, the film in its entirety is the most important thing. Let's get the fucking film done. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Of course, you need to like and especially now, of course, you have to have COVID compliance. You got to, you know, look out for your cast and crew. Everyone's got to be safe. Everyone's got to be healthy. Everyone's got to be fed. Everyone's got to get sleep. But at the end of the day, what's the most important thing? We're all in this for the same freaking reason. Yeah. Let's just do you want a finished movie or not? Like that's my advice. Hey, that's you could like, have you yeah, exactly. You could have a masterpiece that is never finished, no one ever sees it. Or you could have a pretty damn good movie that's done. Yeah, let's just get
1: it. It's like um yeah, you know, it's not like it's gonna be shit. We don't want any shit to be out there, but right. just get it get it. Focus on what you need to focus on. But not everything is has to be perfect it can't be it just can't and it doesn't matter how much money you have uh it's always the same every budget i've been on and i've worked on some hollywood stuff it's just it's almost like the same problems always arise Mm -hmm. just it's just on a big there's just more people involved
0: there's just it's just more money i mean yeah you're gonna have the same thing at like you know local fox 5 news or you're gonna have you're gonna have the same problems at uh, fox news headquarters you know what i'm saying yeah it's like, you know, your local channel five, you're going to have the same same issues n- than you would at Fox News. So, I mean, yeah, no matter where you go, there you are. Right. So, uh, you know, speaking of speaking of films, what is, what anything you've been watching, anything you've been streaming, binge watching or maybe, you know, series films or even, you know, a book or series of books you've been reading.
1: Besides so a shit ton of YouTube videos I just watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean. The last thing I kind of want I mean, that, that kind of stuck out to me was uh, Uncut Gems. Mm-hmm uh, was a really great uh, movie. I mean, their other movie that they did Good Times was really great, too. I think that cinema verite, that kind of like realism. I always like that stuff anyway. I'm, I, I love uh, almost like poverty porn films, you know, Yeah, movies about like, you know, like the bicycle thief or Uh, films about poverty or people struggling because i i think it's it's not interesting it's more of like oh this is a different type of struggle that this person has. it's relatable i think and that's why i like it i mean uncut gems was not a relatable thing but it was a it was a world that you got to see that was a little like you know like how we like watching documentaries it felt like it felt so different that you're just like holy shit look at this guy man what a what a disaster
0: disaster man dude disaster. i've seen so i saw good time i really enjoyed good time and for me good time was great because there was that f- one flinting moment at the very end of you know happiness and hope and 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 some sort of success for somebody uh-huh. but man uncut gems man it is just a yeah. shit show after shit show oh,
1: yeah the, the the movie wasn't a shit show but it was about a shit show and it was like done very well
0: no it was a, yeah it was it was just about yeah it was about a shit show it was a, it was it was a very well made movie but not one not even a glint not even a hint not even a glimmer not even a a, a slight you know speck of hope or happiness at all in this movie
1: yeah. I mean, I like, I like those types of films. I like, you know, like kids or like those kind of realistic kind of, you know, Yeah, like the unpolished kind of films, um, Florida project, you know, it was about like a bunch of well, dirtbag children, but okay. uh, uncut gems. I mean, yeah, I, I, that was the one that kind of stuck out. I, I have a, you know, I think I'm over, you know, has so much in my queue, so much on my list. It gets overwhelming on like what to watch. Right. And, Not only am I, you know, we're all going through it, like, how do we make money? What's next? And, you know, maybe I don't have two hours anymore. You might end up spending two hours watching something, but you kind of watch these smaller videos so then you can move on to the next thing. So I haven't had a chance to watch, you know, I think hopefully one of these days I can kind of binge on
0: uh, a bunch of movies. There's a lot out there and there's a lot of
1: good shows out there.
0: Well, you have a you have a trailer on, on your site, uh, Aaron Boys, which reminds me a lot of um, yeah, Uncut Gems.
1: So that movie, which during this pandemic, I mean, that movie was shot on a shoestring budget. I haven't finished editing it. That was something that I kind of put out there. Um, I am going to spend time this year to get it done. It's well deserved. It was like ten years ago. It's it was basically my film school. Uh, and you know wow. part of you it's you know when you make a movie it, you know we did it for like $20,000 and you know just not having that confidence at the time and then even editing it no confidence and you're in the industry and you're trying to make money and you're just never getting it done because you're looking when you're not working you're looking for work mm-hmm. so like you know and you know, at least I have some support around me that they're like, listen, just get it done. i want to help you. And, you know, and as you work, you, your network gets bigger. Right. So at the time I felt like I had no one. Um, so that, that can come, you know, hopefully uh, I can finish it this year. Um, I know everyone's talking about the market and how, you know, people are buying things up. I don't know if that's still the case. I don't know if it's a true thing. Um, I do know that, uh, it's possible that people are looking for content obviously they're always looking for content but i don't think it's going to be some sort of bidding war i think it's yeah totally there.
0: Um, like, yeah i i hear this big you know content content then i've been i've been trying my hand at a couple of things that i have and it's i mean it's not crickets but like you said man it's not a bidding war <laughs> it's certainly not like people fighting over yeah. anything i have
1: and then you look at the bigger budget ones right they they can't do anything with. I mean, we're all excited for Tenant, and it's like they—they're not going to release it until these theaters open because that's a huge revenue stream. Yeah, I mean, that's the first movie that's going to be. Once the theaters open up, and they're like Tenant, that movie's going to be watched. Hopefully, it's great because most of his movies are watched over and over again, and, and kind of bring the theaters out of their kind of situation and Hollywood as well. But, but if Hollywood dumps. A bunch of movies, like, I, uh, it could be like two week windows of movies, or just too much. I don't, it could be almost too many movies at once. Yeah. Um, and uh, I feel like it is overwhelming to see all this content. Um, that's why I think there's not much of a bidding war because I think people, let's say, uh, you know, oh, I watched everything on Netflix, then they're just going to go to Disney Plus, or they're going to go on Hulu or Amazon Prime. It's just all these little things to catch up on or just watching YouTube. Um, yeah, I, I hope I can finish that um, this year. <laughs> I think everyone involved kind of deserves it. I Hopefully, I kind of <laughs> deserve it. I don't really have a direction where I'm going in life. I know I just want to be in this business and make a good living. But like, you know directing would be great or writing would be great you know just having creative outlets right? yeah you know, it's well you said with the ADing like if you uh, sometimes when you have a creative moment you're like the director asks you like what can I do or what do you think? Glenn? and you're like oh he's asking me and you feel like yeah that wasn't that good like you feel like hey I've created like you don't have to be this hard line person you can have a little bit of creative input.
0: yeah no I mean I well uh, I'm lucky to say that as an ad i'm not that hardline person i'm but i'm very but
1: about time right yeah know.
0: always what's next always always thinking about time I always like prepping three different scenes bef- before the one where we you're about to shoot and so i'm not that i'm not like that dickhead kind of ad okay. but i'm i think i piss off people even more because i'm just brutally honest when you're not going to get this done the way you want it's not happening yeah you, you got to chop this up you got to simplify this I you mean, know, there's so much you can,
1: you can do. You can't be too hard. I mean, if the director and the DP are not on your side, you're not. You're just all you're. You're the guy who just says roll and cut, right? That's it. And maybe, <laughs> but, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. if you can. You you have no authority to really say, oh, that's it. I'm I'm cutting this scene. We're moving on, or this shot. Mm-hmm. You no authority. You can just be like, okay, just to let you know. We don't have time for it.
0: Hey, listen, man, everyone's getting paid OT for three hours. I'm okay. All right. I mean, I, I'd rather not get fired. I don't want to upset you guys any further. Obviously you're upset. I'm going to walk away, but I'm going to go ahead and take the rest of today's schedule tack it on to tomorrow's call sheet. Yep. Good luck. And, 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 and that's, and, and then they take that, I guess as sarcasm or passive aggressive behavior. And I'm like, no, man, it's not dude. It's like I've, I've, I've uh, presented my case. Clearly, you don't want to hear that's it. All,
1: that's all you can do.
0: Yep. <laughs> so, but um, what, what, what would you say is uh, on your agenda, your next set of goals? What's on your agenda for, say, next six months, maybe hopefully by the time floodgates open?
1: Well, luckily, I'm, I'm still getting calls. Um, you know, I, I might have a gig in L.A. Um, you know, I, I think. I've been kind of hands off on my job searches for the past couple of years. I've been lucky to have kind of a, a, you know, word of mouth or references and I get the calls as opposed to me making the calls uh, when I first started out. So I kind of put in my head that I'll be fine with not working the rest of the year. Um, I am, if I am in a PM position, I, I have to, your name's attached to it, like your name. So, so if the safety is not there, whether you believe in this virus or not, the standard is kind of set, right? You still have to wear a mask. You still, you know, the industry sets a standard of where, uh, getting tested. But if you, so, uh, if you don't want to do that, or you want to kind of have shortcuts, I don't want to be a part of that. And there's a lot of, things happening now where people are with that same mindset of trying to get it done and cut corners and what's the big deal is like, okay, well, I mean, my job is, has responsibility. So I can't knowingly, you know, think like, Hey, you're cutting corners on testing. I don't want to be, you know, as a crew member, I could, if someone told me, like if I'm a grip and said, Hey, you know, people on the show are not getting tested. I will just roll the dice and be like, listen, I'm just going to stay away from everybody. Right. But it's different when you're a manager or a supervisor or a coordinator, like just having that knowledge doesn't sit well. If if that's what you're supposed to do. I know, but you know, SAG set that precedent of testing every three days and all that. And it's like, well, let's just test for only the SAG people. No, everyone should right. get the same test. Mm-hmm. Um, the more accurate test. And uh You know, I'm willing to be the PM on a commercial or a smaller shoot and stuff because there's no standard yet, but also I do have that knowledge of that SAG standard, so it's a little, as long as the crew is small and we all understand our risks fine, but that that three or four week shoot still scares me. Um, And I have to be a little more picky what positions I put myself in. I'm sure even if you think of being an AD and stuff, I think that's also another thing where ADS are put in a situation where shit. I had to think about that as well. like in, when you're enforcing time, it's one thing. It's like enforcing safety, and then who, man? All of a sudden, one person gets sick, two people. I guess not really sick is the right word, but you know, come up positive. And what do you do from there? It's like this. How hard is it to schedule a shoot when it starts to rain? You know, or you know. Now you throw in somebody got positive. Now we got us. There's no luxury of contact tracing, right? You can't just be like, "Well, who worked? Who worked with this person the past two days?" Yeah, like everybody kind of did. Yeah. So what do you do? I don't. There's. I don't know. Like.
0: Yeah.
1: Technically, I guess you're supposed to be like, "You're out. You're out. You're out." And who you left with?
0: Right.
1: You know, a hundred people have been somewhat in contact with this one person besides maybe people at the office. But if you have runners to the office, that person was on set and then like, this is why it's, I I would rather have other industries. I mean, we're seeing sports kind of deal with it. A bigger industry set this precedent. And I hope hope in a couple months that, you know, we'll see like what the stats are. I think once we get used to the idea that this is something that we have to live with and maybe it's not as deadly as it is. And, and uh you know, we just roll the dice and we, I, I think it has to be a mutual like understanding all across the board because right now all it takes is like one positive person to like, you know, yeah, it's just, you know, to just kind of shut everything down at three, you know, one is manageable three and then you just, all it takes is another one next week and you're just like wait a minute and then everybody kind of loses that that faith in everything and i think it's a it's a tough time and i think you know i've come to the realization the other day that i think there could be a lot of pain and hurt in the next year um just acknowledging the trend right like whether you believe in it or not or what your politics are i think people are living their normal lives now People are, you know, it's going to happen with or without you. This thing is spreading. So accept that because right now we're not four months ago when everybody stayed home, people are not going to stay home. And even if you just see one or two people a week, that one person could be seeing five people a week. So it's a hard time now to know what the future holds and then, Politically, who knows what next year will come? I mean, we might be in a war with China, so I don't know. Depending <laughs> <So laughs> on yeah. who wins.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. So, uh, and and you kind of touched upon the new normal. It's just the new normal is way more caution, yeah. way more, way more stipulations. Way, um, you know, yeah. everything. Just, just you know, tight tightening everything up. Smaller crews smaller cast list Um, simpler ideas you know they don't have to be simpler not ideas that are simple but uh, you know simpler plots not it doesn't have to be a simpler
1: almost uh, efficient yeah you know like we were talking about how to you have the what's what's the goal of the scene if that's the goal of the scene can we do it in a different way Mm -hmm. like that kind of efficiency and as long as your point is still it's still a powerful moment, it's still a powerful moment, but you can do more with less. And um, yeah, and I mean, I am actually worried too in the independent world, is there's a lot of it's already hard enough when you take indie movies or smaller budget films. You always do more and you always have multiple jobs. Everybody has multiple jobs. And now with COVID, it, it's exponential with the amount of work that needs help. How much you have to kind of know and do and like I even as everybody has even just a crew member just to being like I had to clean my own equipment you know and you know just doing more work and being aware of things or you know having less people to help or or like you know it's like don't touch me (laughs) you know don't be around me you almost can't have that group anymore We're we're, we're an industry where everybody works over each other now we can't really work over each other, and then if it's enforced, we can't work on each other. But you're seeing on sets still now. It's just that people are just like whatever. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and and I and I mention this a lot on my show. You know, I still watch pro wrestling as immature as that is, but uh, I'm more of an AEW on TNT fan than I am a WWE fan. But you know, they found a workaround. You know, they they have less matches you know, per uh, episode, um, their spectators are the wrestlers not wrestling. You oh. know, um, I think they've been at the same arena or, or venue or what have you for the last three months, it's just been the same spot. Okay. And, and And their only spectators are the wrestlers not wrestling that week. And and so still, you know, they're in an environment I mean, I don't know what kind of like uh, precautions are taken uh, off duty. I mean, because you can't and, ask
1: them to like stay at home all the time. Right? Yeah.
0: Is that, is that what they're asking the NBA players to do? There's no way because uh, <laughs> I mean, I know I, I, based on bad media, maybe, uh, you know, NBA players like to party. So, I mean, pro wrestlers and this is not bad media. This is this is complete fact. Pro wrestlers like to party. <laughs> Work out, party. Yeah. And, and then and then beat each other up. I don't I don't I think until
1: like you like we're talking about the uh, new normal, we haven't established the normal yet. And until you know, politically or not, I think there is something to let's just everybody Get going, and you know we need to establish some sort of normalcy. the The other normalcy is obviously not going to work because the other normalcy was supposed to be us staying at home. Mm-hmm. So if the next normalcy is everybody go back to work, let's start having that, and we'll see what happens because it's it's happening, whether it's yeah. with you or not, you know, and uh, and we'll see and we'll learn from each other, and you know, there's is something to, you know testing as much as possible, and we're getting more testing, gets more positive results, but also hopefully, maybe it does show that this is not as dangerous as it is, but it's highly contagious, and that's a, that's a thing, and there is a randomness to it, which is terrifying, but, um, you know, it, we have to figure out to put this in perspective, because right now it's all so new and so fearful that until we establish that normal, like, we won't know how to, like, maybe this gets so normalized that it's like, oh, well, I got to call off work, guys, I have COVID. And it's like, oh, yeah, so-and-so had COVID two weeks ago. You know, it might be one of those things, right? And Yeah. And hopefully it's not the other news where it's like, oh, did you hear he's in the hospital or whatever? Hopefully yeah. the more this happens, it's just of, uh, Yeah, I was sick two weeks ago or I was positive three months ago. And yeah, you know, half these people in this crew had COVID, you know, I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's an optimistic way of looking at it.
0: But mm-hmm. I, mean, I
1: hope that happens.
0: Yeah. Or and- the other way.
1: I mean, we have to just really control this thing. and it's not we're not doing it. It's the trend is it's not happening. So you have to kind of jump on that other wagon and hope that this thing dies out in a couple of years. It's here to stay.
0: It, yeah, it's here to stay and the only thing that's for me that's going to put me back into like set life and I miss set life, but really you know with the exception, you know, of some other things that I have to do, it, I'm not really going to be out there in the general public, until there's a vaccine, I can't. And, and you know, me and me, the wife, the baby, can't risk it. Yeah. So um, yeah, and, and you know, these new productions
1: are, are the bigger ones with the money. I mean, they're asking their people to like isolate together. But I mean, just think about the pool of people at that point. You limit like if I ask you to come out and work on a movie, it's like listen, you can't see your wife and kid for two months. You're gonna be yeah. I can't get the job. But yeah. if you allow me, I. I can ensure that I won't go anywhere with my wife and kid and maybe sign an attestation or something. But I mean, it's just one of those things where it's just like, man, that's such a hard thing to do to ask people. I mean, that's why like the wrestling, there's no way these guys are going to be asked to, Hey, you know, you do your job. You go back to your hotel room and you stay there.
0: Maybe I mean, maybe that is what they're doing. Maybe they—they're trying to, you know, and, like, but it's not enforced. You and like you mentioned, an it. attestment, Maybe uh, uh, an attestment is what you called it, right? Uh, it's called, I think
1: it's called like an attestation. And
0: an you know, attestation. Anything? Yeah. Maybe they. Maybe they wrote. Maybe they. A lot of these wrestlers put it on paper. Hey, look, I have. I have a wife. I have you know two children. You know, age this and age that they're doing this. So those are the only people I'm going to be spending time with. Hey, maybe the network put them up somewhere. Maybe the maybe it's they
1: maybe,
0: shit. Maybe, maybe they have a bigger schedule in mind.
1: Uh, but here's the thing. All it takes since it's so t- contagious, mm-hmm. all it takes is that one person mm-hmm. to affect everyone. I mean, you saw those cruise ships and stuff and you're seeing the NBA and everywhere else right now it just takes one person. And it's like, you can say all you want about how many, you're not testing the caterer. You don't know where the food comes from, The delivery guy, it just takes that, like you're not in a bubble. So it's really hard to be in any sort of industry that has that standard, you know, like you, you know, Walmart, you know, is not testing everybody, you know, and Amazon, I'm sure is not testing everybody the way we're in an industry where, We had to test everybody all the time, Mm -hmm. Uh, but then again, we're in an industry where you ask people to work without a mask, you know? So
0: so, those
1: are the bubbles that you have to create, but I I, I don't, it's, I guess it's failing. It's gonna continue to fail in a sense, but if everyone just keeps going with it, maybe it just becomes a, a reality. I mean, I, I think we're obviously not ready to, if we wanted to control this virus, then we're not ready to go back to work. But if it's something where we all can agree on that it's going to be contagious and it's going to spread and we're just going to work and try to slow the exposure, then I think that's something that we can, I think that's something we're heading. Um, but uh, the reality is it's not going to happen. And I think right now you're starting to see the new normal and in a month or two when the industry's at its normal, right. And, and everybody else is working. Once everyone's working, we're going to, that's the normal, I think. Yeah. That's the normal. And then we're just going to hear cases and the news is not going to be about the count maybe anymore. Maybe it's about something else. And, and like I said before, our conversations are going to be, hey, I got the COVID, you know, or I know some, you know, half the crew got the COVID or something. I mean, not from the same shoot, but as time passes, it's something that affected, it has affected everyone we know. Um, I don't know about you. I don't know if you know anybody that has got it. I don't know anybody personally, but it will get to us, I think.
0: Now, I know someone that knows someone. Yeah, like we're all kind of... even not- that... Yeah. And even that like sent us into a, a frenzy. Right. And so we were and so the people that we know directly got tested and they all came back negative, thank God. And so but we were we were a bit we were a bit anxious, you know, because that's all like you said, that's all it takes, man. It's just one person. And it's not even and, and I and I mentioned this a number of times on on this show is that it's it's not even like six degrees of Kevin Bacon. It's not even six degrees of separation. It's like two. Yeah. I know a person that knows a person and there was a high chance that they could have gotten it from that person. And there's a high chance I could have gotten it from the person I know, (laughs) you know? So it's like,
1: it's kind of funny of the um, COVID degrees of Kevin Bacon.
0: (laughs) (laughs) COVID degrees of Kevin Bacon. It
1: was only two degrees of a, of COVID that you're related to,
0: Kevin <laughs> two 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 degrees of two two, two degrees of, infe- of infection, not separation, yeah. but two degrees yeah. of infection.
1: Okay. Yeah, exactly. It, uh, yeah. That'd be a
0: funny, funny so, one last point, One last bit of advice for our viewers.
1: Advice um, in the industry. <laughs> sure. I, I mean, I. I think uh, in the industry, I think it's really what your belief is. I think, I think it's really, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with staying out of the picture and seeing how it goes. But I think everyone else, or well, not everyone else, but then there's a, a portion of populations that are gonna, they're gonna continue and they're gonna keep working and they're gonna do what they're gonna do. I think. I don't have any advice for anyone because everyone's belief is so different. I know, I think if anyone's listening to this show or watching this show, I think they kind of know where I stand and you have a level of belief where you have to dictate and stand up for what you want, whether it's COVID related or not, but you need to, you know better now, right? You know what to expect from somebody. So don't take a job or don't work for somebody that, you might know that's going to put you in a compromising position um, and it's okay to work if you want to work and it's okay. As long as you know the risks, um, everybody has their degrees of danger out there and they're willing to do some things. And yeah, I think, I think at this time is really, I think the advice is, is like bring up your issues in the beginning. Like don't wait it out. Um, you know, demand, maybe you don't have a demand, but if you want to opt out, opt out, like it's okay. Like, like the more people speak up, the more things can change, whether it's working conditions or the COVID thing. I think I think especially as producers and production managers, that we need to listen and and then the crew too. And you know, we don't need a union to unionize on those points. I think like, it's so small anyway, we're especially in the indie world, we're a mom and pop, it's like being at a mom and pop store like don't ever feel like you're nothing but also you know do it in a way that's effective instead of you know uh, shouting or anything like that which i think i'm sure we've run into but, or don't yep. wait and hold it in like there's an issue bringing up i think for the most part everyone's pretty reasonable for the most part
0: yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Steve Wynn, uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show, talking to me. Uh, any any last plugs, socials, links you want to want to put out there? Yeah, I mean, uh, I have a couple movies that will be coming
1: out. One's out on demand now. It's called What We Found. Uh, there's a movie called Snow Babies I worked on. It will be on demand uh, the 29th of September. And then another movie on demand, A Call to Spy, on... October 2nd on demand. And, uh, yeah, and then you can find me uh, if you want to search. I'm, I'm, I'm on film.org, the Philadelphia website. You can look me up, or you know, maybe our, our paths will cross one day. Uh, no social media th- th- things I want to plug or anything like that. I have them, but I don't need it.
0: <laughs> okay. Great. Well, yeah, Steve, can't thank you enough for coming on the show. And to to what what few viewers out there that I have, uh, you know what to do. Thanks for watching and check us out next time.
2: Thank you, guys.